I got a compliment at a coffee shop the other day because my pencil bag that I keep all my writing utensils and cords in says, you should see my active bitchy face. Mm, <laughs> nice. Where'd you get that? I got it from an amazingly hilarious subscription box called Smart Ass and Sass, mm-hmm. where I also got my makeup bag that says, don't kill my vibes. <laughs> oh, I use that too. I have that yes. one too. I also have my little um, desk uh it's like a wooden box. It's painted real cute. And it says, who left the bag of idiots open? And Ella likes to ask me about it. And I'm like, I ask myself that every day, sweet girl. And I don't have the answer to it. That's how we deal with it, though, because life is much easier with a great sense of humor. And nobody said it had to be rated PG. People at the coffee shop, they love the bitchy face. And sometimes it feels good to let out our inner smartass and drop a few curse words, F-bombs here and there. And Smartass and Sass is a subscription box that is meant for unashamed, mouthy mofos just like us. This is how we get our fix of brazen humor each and every month. Each box consists of one Smart and Sass t-shirt, between seven and nine unique items like mugs, lipsticks, posters, and they're valued at $90 or more. That's a yeah, lot when you open that of box, Smart and smart Ass and Sass. You get your, it's really like this too, and this, mm-hmm. and this as you open it. It's fantastic. And you can use code creepy for 15% off a first time subscription and shop orders. Cannot be combined with any other offer. It's a one time use only. Follow Smartass and Sass on social media for your daily dose of attitude. That's Smartass and Sass. Use code creepy for 15% off your first time subscription or shop orders. Hey everyone, we're taking the week off. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. This week, we're re-releasing our episode on Dear David, an internet mystery turned Hollywood film that will be released later in 2022. You can also head over to our Patreon for some bonus content like our new segment, Wedded Drama, where we put to good use all of the time I have blown scrolling the various wedding planning and wedding shaming subreddits and by giving you a glimpse into the juicy wedding drama. And you catch our all new mini so that's going to drop later this week on a super strange Dallas mystery that goes all the way back to the city's beginning. We also have two live stream events coming up. On January 19th at 8 p.m. Central, we'll be streaming live on Crowdcast for our first monthly Q&A of 2022. We'll answer the top 20 most upvoted questions. Then on January 20th at 8 p.m. Central, you can join us live on Crowdcast as we perform one of our bonus segments. One of the ones people can vote on is the Wedded Drama. You have until January 17th to vote on whether we're going to do Judge Christie, True Crime Headlines, or the Wedded Drama. So you can choose, and then we'll perform it for you live on January 20th. Head to patreon.com slash sinisterhood to join all the fun and stick around after this week's episode for your Patreon shoutouts and thank you corner. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Thanks so much, and keep it creepy. This viral story took the internet by storm. A lone man haunted and paralyzed by the ghost of a small boy. Did this escalate into a full-on demonic possession, or were we all the victims, haunted by an attention-hungry internet charlatan? This week's episode is Dear David. Up uh, in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed You'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you 
Did you have the internet when you were a kid? <laughs> oh my God, how old do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know. I don't mean to be mean. Yes, we did have the internet. Uh, we did have when AOL would send out those CDs. I do remember that. Do you remember that? Yep. And you had to pay per minute, I think. You only got like 30 minutes free or you got like three hours free. So I do remember my mom setting a timer on the stove so I I wouldn't spend hours on it and rack up a lot of bills. Also, it took up the the phone line. Correct. So I was preventing everyone in the household (laughs) from using the phone. So my family had two phone lines. One was our regular phone. And then my parents got a phone for my sister because she was so popular and cool. And boys called her all the time. Mm -hmm. And then she grew up and moved away. And it was great because no boys ever called me. And I could get on the internet (laughs) as much as I wanted. So then it became the internet phone. It became the internet phone I also had my own phone line growing up. Did you have a clear phone? I did not have a ton of boys calling me. But I did have a desire to talk on the phone all the time, which is crazy because now i hate talking to you please don't call me don't ever call me i don't answer that's I why mean, I... call me if there's an emergency but even then text me first i have at work i have a secretary it's rad i don't have to answer ever God, i wish i had a you secretary. just be like tell me who that is and she's very nice and she says it's so and so and i'm like i love you and she's british she is it's even amazing. better so when i was a kid i remember seeing things on the internet that became sort of like internet lore that at the time I was actually just talking with someone about this today in the context of abducted in plain sight and Mm. how this, the dad has now become a meme and part of our cultural zeitgeist that for, I'll never forget that guy for years. I'll never forget. And that is a thing now that happens is that we all collectively get to experience these things together. Mm -hmm. And I remember back in the night, not in the nineties, I guess it was like late nineties. There was a guy online that they called him Peter Pan boy. (laughs) I do not remember this. He he was like a cosplayer and wore Peter Pan costumes anyway. But I remember it was funny because you talk to people from other places and they knew about this thing. And I thought it was neat that the internet was this thing that was going to bring us all together. And said it took us all apart. Well, a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it, then it brings us, you know, like our subject today where people around the world are enraptured by uh, a person's uh, – the thing happenings in a person's apartment. Social media has taken the way we all communicate mm-hmm. and elevated it into a thing that – this is just how it is now. Well, people are always like, it's a cesspool. It's the worst. But I have a teacher who I love so much. And she retired a few years ago. And she lost her husband a few years after she retired. And she'll post sometimes and say, well, I just want my students to tell me what's going on in their lives. And hundreds, hundreds of us will tell her, oh, I love I'm that. a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I'm a teacher. And she responds to every one of them and is just says, I'm so proud of you. And you've made me feel so connected. And it absolutely serves good. Thing. Yeah, it's a magical It serves thing. good. It serves bad also. But it's important to know your limits and what – if something makes you feel bad, if Facebook – getting on Facebook every day makes you feel bad, then don't get on Facebook every day. You delete Facebook. Yeah, you don't have to be on it. Or a lot of people I know will get off of it for two weeks and then jump back on for a week. And just yeah. having those mental breaks Good can cleanse. really help you. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. If something – or Twitter can be kind of a cesspool. And if it doesn't make you feel good, don't go to there. Exactly. Well – you know who else didn't feel good? Well, Mopey Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing is that we had to, we've had to cultivate these screen names. Well, the earliest screen name I remember was BSB Princess. What was BSB? Backstreet Boys. <laughs> 
Nice. I learned how to make HTML on websites that were dedicated to Howie D from the Backstreet Boys. That's pretty fantastic. But I do remember that was a screen name. And then I had a Zanga, and my Zanga screen name was One Curly Fry, because there's a Jason Mraz song where he talks about he's one curly fry in the Very box nice. of the regular. So I think that tells you a little bit about how I fancied myself as a 14-year-old. <laughs> so, I remember I had... C.W. Buck. C.W. Buck is now my Twitter handle, Yes. I think I had Lady Fantastic for a while. It's a pretty good one. I think that was an AOL, sc- an AIM screen name. Ah, uh, you know, I have a terrible memory, so I really don't remember. But I, I latched onto Heather versus the World in 2012 and just sort of stuck with it. A lot of people will pick something. A lot of our friends have even said, "I'm stuck with this for life." Because they, Tyler Simpson said on the Jehovah's Witness episode, he picked that Twitter name back when Twitter was first a thing, but he's has an established following yeah, and he's really, gone viral. And so you're you like, want to change Do it. I want to change it. Even though I hate what this Twitter name is. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late, but it's not too late for Moby Dickens. <laughs> Maybe. Or is it too late? It's true. We've I'm lost Christy. Him. I'm Heather. Today we are talking about an internet ghost story that took Twitter by storm back in 2017 called Dear David. Do you remember this happening Absolutely. when it happened? Oh, I remember. I mean, I read the tweets right when they came out. I did not. I'm more of a, I'm a Twitter user, more than more so than you. Yeah. And then, of course, people... I've been trying to be better. I have tweeted twice in the past four days. Congratulations. So I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> you know what? You're increasing that uh, algorithm mm-hmm. there. I but got I re- 10 likes the other day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I read about it when it first came out. And then a cousin of mine on my brother-in-law's side, Taylor, she was posting a lot about it. And then she and I would go back and forth and talk about it. Uh, she's got excellent taste in everything. She's a big part. Did you think and it was and- real when you were reading it? Initially, yeah. When you're reading it, you get it's hook, line, and sinker, right? You get sure. sucked in. And... Much like any good ghost story, it sort of uh, weaves a tale Mm -hmm. thread by thread. It does. And then it either unravels into a huge mess or it has a nice sweater at the end. (laughs) A nice haunted sweater. And it loops us all in. Well, let's get into this ghost story. Yeah, for those of you who haven't, or even if you have, here we're going to break it all down. Revisit it for you. On August 7th, 2017, Webcomic artist and BuzzFeed writer Adam Ellis, better known as at Moby underscore dickhead, set Twitter ablaze with a series of tweets that began with. So my apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child and he's trying to kill me. People were immediately drawn into this modern day haunting and Ellis's tweets quickly went viral. With each new development in the story, Ellis gained thousands of followers who were retweeting this terrifying tale. Ellis claimed that the boy had first appeared to him in dreams, but that Ellis was fearful the boy had now crossed over into the real world. Well, and I think that's an important thing in literary criticism is that a good ghost story, much like Turn of the Screw, which is Henry James, which the teacher that I talked about earlier made me read. Mm. It reels you in by it always starts with it was somebody that was just like you. Sure. Amityville Horror. It's relatable. The Smurl family, a hardworking middle class family. And also usually it's brought on by something that they didn't do themselves because it's hard for you as a reader or listener to have sympathy for someone who says, well, I pulled out my Ouija board and started. And I think that's why some people watch the paranormal activity movies and you say, well, screw these dummies. They pulled the Ouija board out and they brought it on themselves. But the movie Poltergeist or any, any ghost story movie that you see, 
you start out with a really neutral family, a really mm-hmm. neutral guy. He's just an average guy. He's just your average BuzzFeed writer. It could be. He's just your average comic that writes for BuzzFeed. Your average exactly. millennial. <laughs> well, Ellis went on to further elaborate by tweeting, The first time I saw him, I was experiencing sleep paralysis, and I saw a child sitting in the green rocking chair at the end of my bed. He had a huge misshapen head that was dented on one side. I did my best to draw it. Ellis's sketch depicted a young boy around five or six. One side of his head was completely caved in. He had a blank yet sinister expression. Well, this would be a new thing for Adam Ellis to draw was a picture he hadn't already drawn before. Whoa. Turns out out, a rabbit hole I went in was the internet webcomic criticism rabbit hole that's that a is, deep hole oh my gosh there's an entire wiki called bad web comics wiki and they break down the good the bad and the ugly about web comics i asked our friend austin guttery who's a web comic he does i love austin's work and he's very brilliant and he said that this guy was referred to on comedy cemetery which is a subreddit for people Where to, comics go to die <laughs> yes it's for people to go on and talk shit about web comics so people and also there is nothing worse than the angry nerd you know, and I think the other thing is, is that this is a guy who went to art school, graduated and is getting paid to make art. And I bet that would in- engender a bunch of anger and jealousy from those who maybe weren't drawing. Haters going to hate. You know, when you look at it and you say, well, I could do that. Why doesn't BuzzFeed pay me? He sucks and he copies and pastes his stuff. Well, yeah. Also, if BuzzFeed asks you to do, I'm not an Adam Ellis apologist, <laughs> but his <laughs> argument was, you know, I'm asked to do all these drawings. I need to be able to do things on a you know, quick turnaround or whatever. When a person experiences sleep paralysis, it can be hard to distinguish between dreaming and reality. It is also common for those afflicted to see figures in their room. Yeah, because they're being freaking haunted. Well, I'll get to my own experiences with sleep paralysis in a second. Ellis said in the dream the child started shambling towards him, but that Ellis woke up before the boy got to him. So you have had sleep paralysis. Several times, yes. And I do not think I'm haunted, but it is very terrifying. And I, both times that I, it's happened a lot of times, but the times that stick out to me, one just happened about two weeks ago. I feel as if my soul is being sucked out of my body. And you're telling me you're not haunted. By a demon. It's oh, very right. common, actually. As weird and crazy as that sounds. People losing their souls is very common. It's very common to feel like your soul is leaving your body when you're experiencing sleep paralysis. This is some, I think you're crossing over into another it's dimension. It's also or super common to feel as if something heavy is on your chest and you can't breathe, which is why people feel as if a demon or something is sitting on them. And to see shadowy figures in your room or feel like something is pressing on the bed, which is why also a lot of people think they've been abducted by an alien when it happens. But it is just because your body is not going through rim, the rim cycle the correct way and you come out of it before your body has actually woken up. Mm. So you're paralyzed. Do you think that maybe it's not you can't go through the REM cycle because you've been abducted by an alien? <laughs> because the I'll alien- tell you, this last time it happened... I, when I was awake, but I could not move, I was thinking in my head, oh my God, what if I had just, what if I was just abducted by an alien because there was some weird sex stuff going on in the dream. (laughs) And I thought, what if I just got implanted with an alien embryo 
And now, and it fucked me up for a few days. I mean, it still is kind of, it's very, it's terrifying to be awake and cognizant and conscious, but you can't move. Yeah, That's no, a very I'm, I'm, terrifying. Feeling. I've had sleep paralysis, and it's mostly whenever I've had. I have a, used to suffer from night terrors. In fact, mm. so badly in college that they tried to prescribe me with Ambien, which I did not like because it made you feel real groggy. So I just gave them to my friends, which now I don't think mm. they were using those for sleep aids. <laughs> um, I thought I was being a nice friend. It turns out I was dealing drugs. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I, I didn't get paid for them, so I was just you were an, just giving drugs. I was just an idiot, uh, <laughs> a college kid, but. I remember the feeling of exactly what you said, where your eyes kind of wake up and you think you, it feels like you're being held down, like you're being tied down. Yeah. That yeah. is when the aliens took me. And they <laughs> so you do think you were abducted. I was probed. No, Maybe. A few nights later, Ellis had another dream. This time a little girl appeared and asked him. You've seen dear David, haven't you? She then explained that David is dead and only appears at midnight. If you want to address him, you must do so by saying, Dear David. And most importantly, while you are allowed to ask David two questions, you must never, ever ask him a third or he will kill you. This is another trope that yes. is important to a good ghost story is leaving a window into an as Yet how to ex fuck something up. Well, leaving a window into an as-yet-founded reality where in this world you're fine, but in Dear David's world, if you ask a third question, he has these special powers. Mm -hmm. So it's there's a separation between our reality and their reality and then an easy window that you can accidentally stumble through to then basically bring harm yes, upon yourself. rules set up that if you don't follow, shit's going to go sideways, and inevitably you forget the rules in your panic. Don't touch the TV. Don't exactly. go downstairs. Don't wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning like my high school boyfriend's house. <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot your high school boyfriend's house was haunted. Tommy haunted. has a theory about that. I forgot to tell you. The, uh, about the haunting? And the about when you woke up and saw someone standing The man the with the hat? Yeah. Who did he think it was? He thinks that uh, possibly your boyfriend's parents were just swingers and it was someone staying over for the night that had just wandered down to the bathroom. He and I can talk off air why that is an impossibility. <laughs> I think that's uh, drawing from some personal experiences. <laughs> well, Ellis tweeted that once again, David came to him in a dream. And this time, Ellis decided to ask the boy some questions. Ellis first asked, Dear David, how did you die? To which David replied in a mumbled voice, had an accident in a stall. <laughs> He's British. He's British. You can see by his picture. He's British. He's got a smirk. He's got a knowing, intelligent smirk. And I was like, that's a British kid. He does look a little British He's a little in British picture. kid. He look, he's, he's, more, he's clever than us. And he's... Pulling a, he's having a little fun. He's having a little wanky he's, fun. He's having a go at us. Well, Ellis then asks, Dear David, what happened in the store? David said, A shelf was pushed on my head. Terrified and not thinking clearly, Ellis makes the fatal mistake of asking a third question. Uh, who pushed the shelf? David doesn't answer. Ellis said he immediately woke up and was terrified. He broke the rule, man. Still determined to get to the bottom of the mystery, Ellis turned to Google for help. I mean, who amongst us wouldn't? I, I, I would have already Googled this. 
He began searching for young kids named David that had lived in New York and met their fate in a tragic grocery store accident. That is going to get you on an FBI list. <laughs> His search- Little dead boys grocery store. Like, uh, Mr. Ellis, we need to talk to you about your search history. His searches didn't turn up anything. And eventually Ellis, who was in the middle of moving apartments, forgot about David and the ominous dream. According to Ellis, all was quiet for several months, and he thought David had lost track of him when he moved to the upstairs apartment. Then things changed. Ellis tweeted, For the past four nights, my cats gather at the front door exactly at midnight and just stare at it, almost like something is on the other side. He went on to say that, Last night, I got a weird feeling and I looked out the peephole, and I'm dead certain I saw movement on the other side. When I opened the door and turned on the hall light, Nothing was there, but my cat seemed unnerved, bushy tails, etc. Ellis finished this series of tweets with, And that's where I'm at right now. Dear David found me, I think. I don't know what to do. I'll keep you posted. By now, Ellis's story had gone very viral on Twitter, was being shared across all social media platforms, and thousands of people were glued to their screens awaiting the next update, including Heather. Oh, yes. In the wee hours of August 8th, The ghost story became even more creepy and involved as Ellis started sharing pictures and videos of the possibly paranormal occurrences he was experiencing. He posted pictures of the hallway outside his apartment door, which had been spooking his cats for days. And sure enough, it appeared that something or someone was hiding on the stairs. Terrified, Ellis deadbolted the door and climbed into bed while his cats continued to meow at whatever was lurking in the shadows. At what point do you get the fuck out of there? I would have already left. My question is, it's a New York brownstone. Who's to say someone's not just living on your staircase? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Or, I don't know, a giant rat is out there? That could be a pizza rat. A big old New York rat? Another viral sensation. Yeah. This continued for several nights. Several Twitter users that were following his story suggested he draw a line of protection in front of his door with salt, which he did. However, it didn't seem to work. And on the morning of August 11th, Ellis tweeted, I used a sound app to record my apartment last night. It makes individual recordings each time it hears something. There were 33 recordings. Also, you live in New York. Also, did you just pour a bunch of salt around your door? <laughs> yeah. The pictures show an Epsom salt yeah. container and yeah. he just poured salt he in front of it. He goes to the CVS. He even said, I don't know if this is the right type of salt in his defense. I, I don't know what the right, that, again, I would go to Google. A, and Google find it. Out. B, find a witch. You done goofed. You used the wrong kind of salt. What kind of salt do you use? I would ask a witch. <laughs> he should have involved a they witch know, by now. They know these things. Of the 33 recordings, Three were of specific interest, and Ellis uploaded these to SoundCloud and shared them with his followers. The recordings, which happened between 2 to 3 a.m., were of odd snapping sounds, static, and what sounded like a single step. Ellis remained asleep during this, and at one point can be heard groaning. This is why I have dogs and not cats, because cats don't give a shit, man. They'll just let you sleep through whatever. My dogs would have been barking their asses off. Well, the cat was meowing, letting him know something was out in the hallway. Well, that cat wouldn't do nothing while there's sounds in the night. Let me just say, if there's even the creek in the night, the, oh, goose, yeah. the goose is on high alert. Kate barks the goddamn mailman every day. <laughs> every day the mailman she comes. She can't remember. Or she does, and she just doesn't care. But she every day them. it's a thing. When the lawn guy comes, it's a thing. She hates them, yes. <laughs> and it drives me bananas. The next day, 
On August 12th, Ellis posted a selfie of him in his living room with a glass pane door behind him. He was letting his followers know he was headed out of town for the weekend to take a break from all the craziness. I saw on a news story on NBC not to do that because they'll rob your house. That was just me being a grandma. Oh, okay. You get identity thieves. You're really not supposed to do that. Oh, that you're going out of town? You're never supposed yeah, to tweet or Facebook that you're going out of town. You're asking for it. Shortly after Ellis posted the pic, a Twitter user made an unnerving discovery. In one of the glass panes in the background, there appeared to be the image of a misshapen head. So did he pick the positioning because he was in front of the glass? I And he could Photoshop it? I have some hot takes. Yeah, I think I think this is all Photoshop. <laughs> well, yeah, when we get to was this real or not, no. I'm going to go ahead and say it. 20 it minutes in. Nope. Nope, it's not. Turn uh, the podcast off. Over the weekend, Ellis purchased a Polaroid camera. I have one of these. And decided to snap some shots of his apartment. For the most part, they were unremarkable. Then, in the late evening of August 13th, he shared some pics he had taken of his hallway. As the picture slowly started to develop, Ellis saw that despite the light in the hall being on, the picture was completely black. To double-check it wasn't a fluke, he continued to take pics of the hallway with both the Polaroid camera and his iPhone. When taken with his iPhone, the hallway appeared normal and illuminated. However, for reasons Ellis couldn't explain, the Polaroid pics continued to come out black. Well, definitely it was a ghost, or he had his finger over the hole. He did do a test with the finger. That's what she said. <laughs> you know what? Boom, boom. Every, every good man. We need man. a cymbal sound that we can. Tommy? <laughs> yes, Tommy, please edit in a cymbal sound after Every that good joke. man will do a test with his finger to make sure <laughs> in the darkness that everything's going well. Right, right. Well, and he's he, just being polite. And he did. He posted two side by sides. One had his finger over the, the hole. hole. He put his finger the in the other hole. one didn't. And the one that didn't looked completely blacked out the other one looked you know fuzzy grainy how it would if your finger was over it hmm. he thought of these things he thought of all what all the naysayers were going to say and he was one step ahead maybe two one wait two one step ahead that, he was yeah. many steps ahead ellis then posted a picture of him holding the polaroid shots which is when things started to take a terrifying turn twitter user at beardo runner who had been following the story from the beginning, commented on the photo. I'm not sure David is still in the hallway. Looks like he's in the shadows just above your Polaroid. <laughs> His name's Beard. I know. I, I'm, I, the whole time I was thinking, why? I guess he has a beard. And he likes, and to, he run. likes to run. There you go. There's Hell Beardo yeah. Runner. And Beard Runner was probably already taken. Got to add that O on you to know what? let it count. Claim it. Sure enough, it did look like the eerie image of a young, deformed boy was standing in Ellis's living room. This sent the sleuths and ghost hunters of Twitter into a frenzy, and pretty soon people were analyzing every picture that Ellis had posted and running them through photo editing programs to see if they could uncover any more clues. Much like the Comic Cemetery subreddit, there is also a Paranormal Explanation subreddit, and they have torn this guy up. <laughs> I tore him a new asshole? Tore him a new hole? Just a little bit. Yeah. Pretty soon, people were sharing images of the infamous black hallway that they had lightened up, which revealed a silhouette of someone standing in the doorway. <gasps> Some followers re-examined the pictures of Ellis's bedroom that previously had been considered innocuous and claimed they now saw 
a demon lurking in the closet. Well, that escalated quickly. It was unclear whether there was any validity to these claims or if this was all a result of pareidolia, which is when people interpret random images or patterns of light and shadows as faces or other objects that have been suggested to them. Oh, the power of suggestion. And you know how so many people see the Virgin Mary or Jesus in a piece of toast. Selena in a tortilla. Or a which water is... stain that has appeared on their floor. It's true. Have you ever seen the image of something and something else? Like every time you're in the bathroom and there's a coat hook with the two screws, oh, it looks yes. like an octopus sure, ready sure, to fight. Sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Much like followers had suggested LSU salt to protect himself, they also urged him to sage his apartment, to rid it of any negative energy or evil presence. Skeptically, Ellis obliged. His skepticism proved to be right. And on August 15th, Ellis simply tweeted, Sage did not work. <laughs> he went on to elaborate, I haven't dreamed about David in a few months, but he appeared again last night. He was smaller this time, almost shrunken. He didn't do or say anything except look at me. Anyways, it feels like a bad omen. I just want to point out when I tried to buy sage. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> I texted Christy from the Sprouts Farmer's Market. I went to go buy sage. I asked a worker, may I, you direct me to where the sage is? And he sent me to the spice aisle. When they had, uh, he sent me three pictures of sage. One was sage that you would cook with. Yes. One was just little sage flakes that was dried in a baggie. Yes. And then, so I took the baggie of dried sage flakes to the front to pay for it. And the lady looked at me and I said, I was trying to find sage to sage my new house. And she just held her laugh. <laughs> God bless her. And said, I think you meant to go to the holistic healing yeah. aisle. And they sent me to the right, but Christy almost died. It would be, it would take so long. And I'm not even sure how you would do it. If you use all those little flakes. I wondered looking at the plastic baggie, how I was going to set it just ablaze. Light the whole thing on fire and just throw it in a room and hope Idiot. it works. Exactly. Like a smoke bomb. God. Well, on August 17th, Ellis reported that his cat was still hovering around the door every night at midnight. And at 3 a.m. every night, his sleep app would record five minutes of static. Ellis appeared to feel overwhelmed and had a constant ominous feeling he couldn't shake. On August 21st, he tweeted, All this ghost stuff has been spooky, but this past weekend was the first time I actually felt unsafe in my home. He said he had dreamed of David again. And this time, David was dragging him by the arm through an old abandoned warehouse. When Ellis woke... He had a weird bruise on his arm that had not been there before. Uh, uh, uh. To add to the eeriness of this, when Ellis went to get breakfast the next morning, he noticed that a once bustling food cart repair warehouse located down the street from his apartment had suddenly closed overnight and was now totally empty or almost empty. Ellis posted a pic from inside the abandoned warehouse where one solitary small green chair sat the same color as the rocking chair in his bedroom where he had first seen dear david weeks ago if this is a hoax can you just imagine this dude dragging a rocking chair and walking into a warehouse everyone <laughs> was a... so wore out by him trying to <laughs> just, pull one over on everyone I just need a minute let me put my rocking chair in here hold on a few nights later on august 25th Ellis tweeted, There have been a few small developments in my apartment, but I'm not really sure what to make of them. I just know I'm scared. Ellis's cats had changed up their nightly routine and would now meow at the door at 10 p.m. 
for 15 minutes. Then Ellis revealed a haunting new development. Every night for the past two weeks, shortly after the cat would stop crying at the door, he would receive a call from an unknown number. Ellis shared a pic of his call log that showed a history of incoming calls with the ghostly identification of no caller ID. Well, yeah, ghost boys don't have caller IDs. No, but you know who else doesn't? Spammers. Salespeople. Yeah. yeah. You know how many no caller IDs I get in a day? Also, Adam lived in New York. I have a cell phone with a New York area code mm-hmm. for work. I must get 10 spam calls a day. Yeah. And it does. It, sometimes it says AT&T spam risk, and other times it says no caller ID, and other times... Uh, well, those are David calling you. He's trying to get in touch. Oh, God. <laughs> he needs some legal advice. Oh, God. He's like, I've been trying to get in this apartment. <laughs> what are my squatter rights here? Exactly. Sinisterhood will be right back. If you're like me, your dog is part of your family. Like the goose, they may even sleep in the bed with you. So if they're family... Why would you feed them burnt kibble? Why would you not feed them food that actually tastes good to them and is super healthy for them? I don't feed my family burnt food. Well, I no, mean, well, not intentionally. But that's why I don't cook. <laughs> yes, that's why Tommy does all the cooking. So our family eats well. We'll meet Sundays, the first and the only human-grade air-dried dog food. Combining the nutrition and taste of all natural human-grade foods with the ease of a zero-prep, ready-to-eat formula, Sundays is the best way to feed your best friend. Unlike most human-grade dog foods, Sundays is gently air-dried and ready-to-eat versus those other brands that are cooked and frozen instead. It is as simple as scoop, serve, and watch your pup devour it. And in a blind taste test where they put little doggy blindfolds across their sweet doggy eyes i don't know if that's true but i am in my dreams it is and all the dogs tasted this and they loved sundays more than all of their competitors sundays outperformed all their competitors by 40 to zero they are undefeated in the doggy blind taste test competition and it's no wonder they have no artificial binders no synthetic additives no garbage just look at the label Everything's easy to pronounce, maybe not quinoa, and it's all healthy for your dog to eat. When I touch the Sunday's box, Buffy and the Goose go wild. Mm. We have worked out a special deal for our listeners. Receive 35% off your first order. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash creepy or use code creepy at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash creepy. Switch to Sundays and feel good about what you are feeding your dog. I don't like to use the term obsessed because I feel like it's overused, but I'm obsessed with my Anna Luisa jewelry. I love it so much. The I'm a huge fan of gold jewelry, especially like dainty pieces and the rings that I got from them and my bracelet. I could not love more. I never wear jewelry, but with the Anna Luisa earrings, I wear them. There's, it's like the only piece of jewelry I wear aside from my my regular Heather necklace because it is so dainty and mm-hmm. it, I feel like it classes up all my outfits. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why have I been going around with naked lobes recently? I got to bust <laughs> right? out the Anna Luisa. People are like, you look nice. I'm like, it's just earrings. It's just the earrings. rest of me is the garbage that you usually see. But they look I'm classed up. They look expensive and they're they not. <laughs> no. But they look, so, they're like so well made and they just mm-hmm. look so nice. I was wearing. This I'd been looking forever for a gold ring that was kind of like crossed with like rhinestones on it. It's hard to explain, but I got it. And my mom immediately was like, I love that ring. And I was like, thank you, because I've been looking for one and they had it. 
That's because Ana Luisa Jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They're 100% carbon and water neutral and also gorgeous. Their versatile designs are perfect mix and match and wear every day. I layer my necklaces that I've that I got together now because y'all know I cannot make decisions, so I had to order several and now I can just layer them together and they all to go together and it looks so nice. The best part is Ana Luisa Jewelry starts at $39. The prices are incredible. With our code creepy, you get 10% off your order at shop. AnnaLuisa.com. So while you're getting yourself a new necklace, throw in one for your sister. Why not? You're getting 10% off anyway. There you go. And new jewelry collections are released every Friday, every single week. Go treat yourself and your loved ones and use our code creepy to get 10% off. We love them. We absolutely recommend them. They are a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. So go check out shop.AnnaLuisa.com slash creepy. Hashtag AnnaLuisaNY. Well, uh, I had a giant pit bull who's constantly filthy, and I've learned that uh, I can't always catch her when she comes in from outside and jumps on the couch mm-hmm. immediately. But I'm very grateful for my all-form sofa because just a damp rag and all of the buffy, disgusting paw prints come right off, as well as all the food I spill on it because we yeah. eat on our sofa. Let's, we let's do not be honest. It. It's not yeah. just buffy. No, it's, it's me. It's me. Up. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. No. <laughs> I'm disgusting. I uh, am a huge fan. You can pick your fabric and it's spill stain and scratch resistant, which you've got dogs. I got dogs and a pig and I got two kids and a husband and myself. How do we even have a sofa? How is it not just exploded underneath all of us? I don't know. Probably because it's an all form. You can pick all those things, the color of the legs, the sofa size and to shape it to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. Uh, well, I have the all-form sofa. I picked it out. It's teal. It matches my b- delightful rug I got there, and uh, we were able to do it all online and mix and match, and I was able to send them emails back and forth when I was um, confused about because I failed to follow the very simple-to-use instructions. Follow the instructions when you get it. You can do it yourself. It takes two seconds. Don't be like me, and then you will have a magical sofa, much like I do. Mm-hmm. And if getting a sofa without trying it in store sounds risky, you don't need to worry. You, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months and if you don't love it they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund but you'll love it as soon as i sat on it mm-hmm. i was like and it looks so nice and stylish i just oh, sit yeah. on my all form sofa with my anna Luisa jewelry and i'm like i <laughs> should be on the kardashians right, right. now hi plus the good part about all form they want to do their part so you can get exclusive discounts for teachers students military first responders everybody out there is doing stuff for us so all form is doing stuff for them and they also offer financing and flexible payment payment plans so an amazing sofa is never far away they even offer a forever warranty which is literally forever to find your perfect sofa check out allform.com slash creepy and right now allform is offering 20 percent off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash creepy thinking it was some sort of an automated sales call ellis eventually answered he tweeted I didn't say anything. I just listened, waiting for some automated message to chime in. After about a minute, the static stopped, and there was silence. I kept listening. I I heard what I thought was breathing, but it was so faint I can't be sure. My heart was racing, so it was hard to hear. Then, 
Just as I was about to hang up, I heard a very small voice whisper, Hello, <laughs> would you like to go on a cruise? Simply fill out this survey and you could be into to win a cruise on the Royal Caribbean Enchantment of the Seas. Well, he's he missed a very fun vacation, it sounds <laughs> like. I think that David was getting a job and he, it's not easy to be a telemarketer. Especially when you're a dead kid. <laughs> you know what? It's hard to get to work it's every day. It's hard to get any kind of job when I you're think a dead so. child. Ellis said the faint hello was not a question or a greeting, just a flat statement that left him with a sickly feeling. He quickly hung up, turned on all the lights in his apartment, and didn't sleep a wink that night. I mean, same though, right? I'm a big fan of turning on the lights on. I mean, again, I would not be in this apartment. Straight up. I would have gotten a hotel, stayed with my family. Anybody, maybe just have found some dude at a bar to go home with for a couple of weeks <laughs> so I could get out of this hellhole, this gateway to hell that I've opened. You're like, Katie, hey, you want to come home with me? Yeah, sure. It sounds sweet. There's like a dead kid haunting the apartment, but I do all kinds of nasty stuff. Wait, what did you Wait, just say? We'll go to your place, so uh, I- I'll do whatever. It's fine. Yeah, no, no funny business in my place. Ellis had a trip to Japan coming up, and in order to keep an eye on his cats while he was away, he had purchased a pet cam that would record everything in his apartment 24-7 and activate if it detected motion. Ellis tweeted that he was hoping David would lose track of him while he was on vacation. Well, we've learned from the Smurl family that That demons can follow you. Also, I have a motion sensor. And that demons just want a good vacation. Sometimes they want to go to the lake. Japan's a dope place to go. I would go to Japan. Uh, But I have a motion detector camera in my living room, and Mm -hmm. sometimes at work, when the big dog is away, and I mean, I have an alarm and everything, but when the big dog's not here, usually Lucy doesn't set off the motion detector. And when it goes off, I look and it's always my skylights, the light changing, but always, uh, always I watch every time I watch that five second clip, I'm just waiting. Yeah. Waiting to see to something. See something. <laughs> That's how I feel about the baby monitor. Oh, yeah. Every time I hear something weird the other night, I heard creepy music coming from the bedroom and... Ella has broken the baby monitor, so there's no image on the screen anymore. <gasps> it's just audio. Oh, God, that's worse. And so all I could hear was this creepy music. She's sleeping. I was by myself. I did not go in that room. <laughs> Mom confession. Text- You're like, Be- demons are nice. They won't attack babies. She's an innocent. I did not hear any type of tussle or anything. She's <laughs> a tough baby. And so I just texted Tommy and said... Is there a reason that music and he said, oh, I put her little giraffe in there with her. I finally went in there when Tommy got home. Was the giraffe? She had rolled over on her giraffe and it was stuck underneath her just playing the song over and over. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet angel. Mm. One weekend when Ellis was out of town, his phone pinged, letting him know the pet cam had detected something. When he watched the footage back, he became very disturbed. In one video... The green rocking chair, which Ellis had now moved into his living room, began to rock on its own. Classic trope. God. In another recording, a green turtle figurine inexplicably fell off the wall. Well, David was just sitting rocking in that chair and got pissed off about how ugly that turtle figurine was and batted it off the wall. He was doing he's him got, a favor. He's got a thing with green. Oh, that's true. Got the green rocking chair, the green chair in the warehouse, this green turtle figurine. For about a week. Everything was quiet until on September 5th, Ellis began a new thread with the horrifying tweet, It's happening again. Ellis had been reviewing the pet cam footage and was discovering more and more proof that he was not alone. 
His cats were behaving strangely, getting spooked by and batting at seemingly invisible things, and more items were falling off the walls and bookshelf. Uh-uh. A couple weeks later, on September 16th, Ellis tweeted about more nightmares, this time involving a severed head in bed with him. God. Dark figures staring in his bedroom windows. Oh, God. Took a turn. He also talked about another creepy incident with the abandoned warehouse near his house. Stop going to the abandoned warehouse. He he said he has to walk by it every day to go to the store or his office or wherever. It's it's right in his path of everything. Oh, Heather, why don't you move to New York City? I don't know. I don't like walking next to abandoned warehouses every day of my life. Also, I just don't like walking everywhere. Same. According to Ellis, he was walking to a bodega near his home when he passed the warehouse and heard a dull thunk from inside. Curiosity got the better of him, and he quickly held his phone up to a grated window, snapped a pic, and ran. I know where exactly where I've seen this happen. The introduction of a Law & Order SVU episode. Ooh. You can't be walking down the street, hear a thunk in a warehouse. You're going to... Five minutes later, Ice-T is going to be like, what'd you see, man? You Tell just me. keep walking. Would you have stopped? No. Hell no. Also, he probably saw that SVU episode, too. <laughs> Once he was home, Ellis looked at what he had taken. It was a dark, grainy picture of an old filing cabinet, a ripped-up leather chair, and some insulation. But of course, that wasn't all. Perhaps it was another case of parodelia, or perhaps not. But Ellis pointed out what looked like the outline of David lurking in the shadows. Once again, Twitter set out to get to the bottom of this sinister picture. Filters were applied, the brightness was altered, and eerie faces were being pointed out everywhere. Well, you know, it's kind of like a Rorschach test, if you say that. That's exactly what um, Rorschach tests are. Have you ever done one of those? No, I haven't. Have you? No. I mean, only insofar as like on a movie when someone else is doing it. But they're designed to get into your current mental state because the pictures are not real pictures. No. They're just ink blots. I think everyone always looks like a butterfly. There's a lot of butterfly looks, but some would see maybe a uterus or others might see a skull. Like whatever you see is telling the psychologist or psychiatrist kind of where your psyche is at the time. It's one of those where they tell you there's no wrong answer, but then when you tell them an answer, they say, that's fucked up. (laughs) They might not be the wrong answer, but it's a weird answer. It's going (laughs) to get you a note written down in your file. (laughs) Like, don't judge me. Not much happened for the next few weeks. Ellis went to Japan and didn't tweet much. Good. I hope he enjoyed his vacation. (laughs) On his last day there, though, he posted a picture of a large stone statue he came across while sightseeing in Nakajima Park. The statue was called Mori no Uta, or Song of the Forest, and was of a mother holding several children, one of which had a large dent on the side of its head. The similarity to David severely spooked Ellis, and he feared his overseas trip had not freed him of the ghost child. Well, maybe it was just an old statue and it got mashed in on the side. People like he actually went to Japan, or do you think he just found that picture? (laughs) I think I don't even think he probably went to Japan. Oh, damn. I don't know. Well, once you sort of start to question the veracity of something someone says, then suddenly everything they've said comes to question. You see it through that filter, absolutely. Once Ellis returned to the States, supposedly, yeah, exactly, or just his living room, his posts became less frequent. Updates were now being tweeted roughly once a week. In mid-October, he tweeted about some light bulbs that kept burning out even after changing them multiple times and some other bizarre electrical problems he was having. 
he also started hearing weird scratching noises outside his front door. Again, he held his phone up to the peephole and blindly snapped a pic. Not surprisingly, after some photo enhancements, Ellis and his loyal Twitter followers believed they could see the outline of a face, ear, and eye staring back through the peephole. Was it Kramer? Was it just a reverse peephole? <laughs> That's such a good episode. I like when they posted this when the debunker said, um, if it was the ghost child, he wouldn't be tall enough to look through a peephole. I thought, he's a ghost. Burn. He could. He's hovering. He can hover. Yeah. I don't think he I needs to. I don't think stuff ghosts stool. play by the same rule. Or someone else is walking down the hallway and he says, Pardon me, sir. Can <laughs> you give you me a boost? Give me a boost. I'd like to look through this peephole. And they're like, Sure, little British boy. Don't get a reverse peephole. No. Don't. It didn't work out for Kramer. No, the movie phone guy came to get him. Mm -hmm. This prompted Ellis to finally bring in some outside help. Well, it's about time. He had a friend come over to perform a cleansing, and for a while it seemed to work. But then it became clear it had not. I don't think you can just have any friend come and do a cleansing. No. You, you need a, a witch. We or still need the witch. A ghost hunter. Someone with a priest. A priest. You need that. We need that off-book priest from the Smurl family one. The one that didn't recognize Pope John Paul II and went rogue all the oh, time. yeah. You need that guy. He's going to come in. a rogue priest. He's don't just call a friend. Call hollering a rogue priest. In, you need a guy in full vestments, hollering in Latin, mm -hmm. splashing holy water everywhere. Mm-hmm. Not more. a girl from your improv class. <laughs> That's totally... <laughs> Although, we may know. I mean, you never know. Hey, I probably know several girls from an improv class that could do a proper cleansing on exactly, your Exactly, but not this guy. Us being two of them. <laughs> One morning, Ellis was walking past the abandoned warehouse again. Again! Again. He had to get somewhere. He had to walk past it. When he noticed a hearse was parked inside. Get out of this neighborhood. He and Twitter poured over the picture he had taken of it for signs of hidden faces, but didn't find anything leaving Ellis to think maybe it was just a Halloween prop being stored. Or maybe there's a person in there that's on their way to their final resting place and you shouldn't be snapping Have away for your sympathy. internet viral sensation. However, the next day, on October 25th, Ellis claimed he was in his kitchen when he looked out the window and saw someone staring at him from the rooftop across the street. He tweeted, I immediately ducked down. I reached up and flipped off the light switch. I peered over the windowsill, but I couldn't see much. He went on to say, My phone was in my pocket, so I grabbed it and took a photo. It was blurry and dark, but I swear someone was out there. In the photo, it does look like a small haunting figure is staring into his window. When Ellis tried to snap a better picture, the figure had disappeared. However, the photographic evidence of David was about to escalate. I think if we've learned anything, if there's a man standing on a building across, it's probably Batman. His <laughs> little bat, David. Could be Spider-Man. Maybe. So, again, David's just trying to go on a vacation, also save the city from some crime. You don't even know right now. He could be fighting the Joker. And you here you are trying to snap pictures and blow his cover. Oh, man. On November 16th, Ellis tweeted that the night before, he had another dream about David that was similar to the first time David had visited him. Once again, David appeared on a chair near Ellis's bed and started coming towards him. While still experiencing sleep paralysis, it wasn't as severe as the time before, and Ellis was able to grab his phone and take some pictures. Right as David reached his bed and began to crawl up it, Ellis thankfully woke up. This tiny person crawling up your bed reminds me of the Goosebumps story where it's the dummy. Ooh, oh, <laughs> I do not like ventriloquist dummies. They're they can me out. all 
burn in a big <laughs> pile. Oh, my God. Nothing good has ever come from a ventriloquist dummy. I have a lot of really strong opinions about these. You seem very disturbed I right now. I am. Just thinking about them makes me nervous. I'm you're, starting to sweat. Your face is turning red. I do not like them. They're Why do you hate them so bad? Why would anyone not hate them? They're all possessed by some kind of demonic entity they have this these wooden faces just plastered smiles on their faces <laughs> they're oh god there was a do you remember columbo yeah there was a I love re- columbo yeah columbo was good there was a columbo episode that i saw as a kid that i still remember where a ventriloquist dummy had been the one killing everybody <laughs> and that, well getting itself out of its little case wait 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 was the ventriloquist dummy the one that was killing or the one that was... In my mind, Heather, yes. The ventriloquist dummy was the one that was killing everybody. Oh, my God. I do not remember if it was the actual ventriloquist using the dummy to kill people. Or if it was a possessed dummy. I'm pretty sure it was the dummy that, that was, was the, killing people. Well, in, Ghost, in uh, Goosebumps, it was the dummy that was doing the killing. See? Because no. they're evil. No. Dolls are evil. I've told everyone my story about how my dolls were Your doll came haunting alive. me. Yeah. Uh, several of they them. They crawled toward you. And now... The dummies we, are next. We discovered they're in my mom's attic. We found them. Oh, God. Yeah. No. There they will stay. Don't go up there. Mm-mm. Ellis posted the pictures, and to everyone's horror, a small boy with a dented head was creepily sitting by Ellis's bedside. Ellis brightened up the photos, and each jaw-dropping frame showed David inching closer and closer to him. This is when followers of the story started to become divided. Oh, this is when? (laughs) These were the first images that could not be explained away by pareidolia. Some felt these images were clearly photoshopped or staged with the help of a doll. Others saw this as definitive proof that Ellis was in fact being haunted by the ghost of an angry dead kid. Let's just for a minute say the least likely explanation is that he set all this up. And let's just say this man is in the darkness of his apartment with a boy-sized doll, posing it various ways. And that is absolutely him. what happened, The I think. saddest imagery that I could ever think of is a full-grown man with a boy doll, and he's shifting him around, <laughs> taking spooked Trying to make him look creepy. We'll of- post pictures of these tweets and images on our Instagram And you guys can take a look for yourselves and see, I have said before, it looks like a weird Yoda doll that he did some sort of altering to. (laughs) It does not look like a little boy. It looks like some kind of creepy ass doll. Some people on Reddit, on the Paranormal Explained subreddit, think that it's a CPR boy doll. No matter matter what young boy doll he got his hands on, first of all, he had to buy a young boy doll. Mm -hmm. And second of all, he had to mash it up. And third of all, he took a bunch of pictures with it. And I can't stop thinking about just for a minute, take your mind's eye away. Delicately setting this doll up. What was going to say? Take your mind's eye away from the photos that you see on his screen. Zoom out. Zoom your mind eye out to a full-grown man posing a doll mm-hmm. on the end of his bed and gingerly taking photos and it's the saddest thing you can ever do think you about. think though he started to creep himself out that we'll get that i have a theory because i also i think that hold, if i had been save, doing this i would have started to creep myself i'm out. gonna save my theory till the end but i have a theory about that on november 17th ellis tweeted for everyone asking yes i'm alive I've been on the quiet side because there's something I'm trying to investigate, and I'm not sure how to yet. I'd rather not tweet unless I have something substantial to share. What Ellis was trying to investigate was an odd noise coming from above his apartment. 
He lived on the top floor of his duplex and had always assumed the mysterious hatch in the ceiling of the hallway led to the roof. However, he had recently discovered this was not the case. Upon further examination, he realized the hatch was actually three feet below the roof, which meant there was three feet of unaccounted space above Ellis's apartment. He tweeted photos that showed his followers the layout of the building and the mathematics of this. Well, if CSI, the original CSI, Best the one. one true CSI has taught mm-hmm. me anything, is that if you hear banging coming up from your attic, that it's probably a creepy cable guy that's trying to kill you who's living up there like that episode with Nick where the creepy cable guy was killing people by living in their attic and then came down. The episode of Nick? No, the episode of CSI where Nick, is the oh, hot George, yes, I can't yes, think I of his name. Know. He's from Dallas, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The hot CSI named Nick was ha- not, not haunted, but he was stalked by the cable guy who lived above his house in the attic. There's a really creepy episode of Criminal about that saying. It's a podcast, the podcast Criminal, oh, oh. that is very haunting and it's very true it's like a real thing that happened mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a girl was living in her apartment she'd moved in and she kept hearing things in the attic and assumed it was squirrels or rats no somebody's up there jerking off to you somebody was up there living up there no mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. well she never on... saw him she never saw him Multiple but there was there was proof that somebody was like a man had been living up oh, there probably my... just a homeless man that's yeah. horrifying oh yeah think about how many times you're sleeping in that room and he would she knew something was going on was he eating her food yes jokes on you i don't have any food in my house <laughs> i only eat takeout <laughs> because he would starve to death then yep. you're just gonna smell his body riding oh up in god leave to another house go to a family with food yeah her food would be missing and then she it culminated there's a post-it note that says buy more rice cakes <laughs> yeah uh could you get two percent instead of <laughs> whole milk fat free <laughs> so she's taking a bath uh, and she looks out her bathroom bathroom door into her bedroom and she sees that the door to her closet is open i would i'm gonna and throw she, up and right she, now she i audibly gasped in my car when i was listening to this i was very chill i'm gonna throw up i can't and she said she knew that it had she had not left it open this is why you have dogs and there was a a hatch to <gasps> the the attic in the closet oh so she said she just looked at it and she got very calm and she just got out of the bathtub and put on her robe and then she went in the kitchen and used the phone to call her sister-in-law get out of that house and then she got out of the house and they came over what year was it she didn't have a cell phone this what this was cell phone times yeah oh actually it may have been it may have been in the 80s or okay. something yeah and she left the house, and her sister-in-law came over. I think it was her, somebody family. They didn't call the police? No, the police came, too. Okay, they okay. called the police. And they went up there and just found cans of stuff, the food that she had been missing Where up there. Where was he going poo-poo? Probably. He was coming down oh. when she was at work. Oh, this is what was crazy, though. So she had got a puppy, and she kept the puppy in the bathroom when she was at work yeah and she came home one day the puppy was and out. her no the toilet had overflowed and the puppy was in the sink dead no he had gotten he'd heard the puppy whimpering he was a nice man oh and he came down to the bathroom <laughs> don't you like how i assume like he drowned the puppy well clearly <laughs> drowned it in the water yes he picked up the puppy so it wouldn't get wet and get drown and drown and put it in her sink well you and know, she thought 
what the, how the fuck did this happen? And that wasn't a tip off. (laughs) You know what what I'm saying? There's so much, but I have such a low threshold for putting up with weird shit. You just shut it down immediately. The very first sign of something not, not right. I shut it down immediately. I told you I was about to leave my house with the baby in the pack and play when I heard sounds coming from the bedroom. That's right. right. uh, Something's not right. Well, that's why I I have cameras all over my house and motion sensors and an alarm. You're smart. My, the one time that my mom left and she left them when Buffy was here who she's a 70 pound pet pit bull mix hound dog and it, she sets off the motion that lucy won't but buffy will mm-hmm. my phone i mean it blows up the cops were calling they were calling my sister they were calling me i was like okay well i feel pretty safe like nobody could sneak around and i feel that way too yes yeah. and i can and my i can check my alarm like, like on my phone so nobody could like come and turn i could see if my alarm got exa- turned yeah off. same so i'm one of those like super i'm ultra paranoid but i guess if someone's living in your attic the worst case scenario is there a murderer that are going to kill you. The second best case scenario is that it's a ghost boy. And the best case scenario is it's a nice man that saves your puppy from drowning. That is the best case. The best, still, still a worst case though. We'll put a link to that podcast in the show notes. I'm not going to listen to it because I don't want to sleep at night. But first, our- <laughs> well, I basically told you the whole thing. Oh, spoiler but alert. <laughs> she tells it much better because it's the girl telling the story. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. If you're not listening to Criminal... You should be listening to Criminal. Get on it. Well, it so is very good. So Adam Ellis hears sounds above his apartment. And yeah, set, in a crawl space. In a which crawl space. I think John Wayne Gacy taught us all. Nothing good. Nothing good in comes a crawl from a crawl space. space. <laughs> so he says, I w- I'm trying to investigate something and I'll share when I have something yes. better. And determined to find out what was in the crawl space above his apartment, Ellis ordered a telescoping pole. The pole arrived over the Thanksgiving holiday while Ellis was out of town. He got back into town and planned to test it out Saturday morning. Good thing, because late Friday night, things got crazy. Oh, you can buy anything on Amazon. Oh, yeah, for sure. Prime Search app. pole. <laughs> you can buy lots of poles buy on pole, Amazon. All kinds of sizes. On November 28th, Ellis tweeted, I'd barely fallen asleep when I woke up to an incredibly loud crash above me. It sounded like someone had dropped a bowling ball. I bolted upright in bed and immediately felt strange. There was a weird energy all around me. I can't explain it. After about a minute, I heard another crash. I briefly thought about grabbing my shoes and booking it, but that would mean passing under the hatch and walking next to the abandoned warehouse. And that seemed like a bad idea. So instead, I just listened and waited, though I'm not sure for what. The crash happened again and then again, probably 15 times in a row, followed by a long silence. Then I heard a smaller, creaky sound from the hallway. In my mind, I registered it as a footstep, but really, it could have been anything. Ellis said that after the sound subsided, he lay frozen in his bed and eventually fell asleep. The next morning, he went out for breakfast and discovered what appeared to be a result of the unexplained noises. There was some debris on the staircase under the hatch, which prompted Ellis to forego his breakfast plans and run back to his apartment for the pole. It's just a funny sentence. (laughs) I gotta get my pole. No time for bacon. Get out the way. Using the pole, Ellis cautiously pushed open the hatch. His posted video showed what fell out. Oh, man. It was a small, dusty leather shoe. Are you sure it wasn't a wishing boot? (laughs) You guys, I'm really obsessed with the wishing boots. It's so good. From oh, SNL. man. It's so funny that you tweeted or tweeted me. You didn't tweet me. You text me. Please don't start tweeting me. That'd be if we just started tweeting we each only other. We tweet back and forth. <laughs> you text me today about that. And 
I had just watched that last week. It was oh, so good. Yeah, Blake Shelton, Kristen, oh, no shit, Kate McKinnon, Blake Shelton, AD Bryant, and they sing the song The Wishing Boot. It's so good. It's a boot that makes your dreams come true. So he pulls out his pole, he pokes up into the hatch, and the wishing boot a falls out. A tiny little wishing boot falls out. It makes all your dreams come true. It appeared to be small enough to fit a child's foot and was old-timey looking. Ellis called his landlord to further investigate, and after climbing a ladder and shining a flashlight in the crawl space, his landlord found a small green marble. Again, green like the rocking chair, the chair in the warehouse, and the items that had fallen off the wall and bookshelf in Ellis's living room. The marble had a unique look about it, and after doing some research, Ellis learned that particular type of marble was made around the turn of the century. He placed the marble along with the small leather shoe on his dresser. When you find, Why? The, when you find Why? the belongings of a ghost, you want to put them in your Why house. Why do this? You Why want to take this? the indicia of the existence of a ghost and you want to put it right where you sleep. I don't like to use the phrase, they were asking for it. <laughs> in, in really any cases, he was asking for it. Don't put the haunted boy shoe in your house. Don't do it. And again, if this is all fake, he bought a boy shoe somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and a tiny little marble. Little boy marble. Well, after the spooky incident with the hatch, the detectives of Twitter sprung to life once again. It seemed that they had possibly discovered the identity of the real dear David. In 1921, a young boy between five to seven years old had been found dead in a pond near the O'Loughlin Quarry in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The cause of death had been blunt force trauma to the head. The unidentified boy had been nicknamed Little Lord Fauntleroy for the very fine clothing in which he had been found. Also, one of the outfits that the online Peter Pan guy from the 90s used to wear. Also, that's going to be my new AIM screen name. Little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> yeah. While Twitter users were quick to make connections between David and Little Lord Fauntleroy, Ellis didn't comment. In fact, no one heard from him again until December 6, when he tweeted that he... Woke up with a start and felt something strange, like something had just been watching me. This happened for a few nights in a row, and eventually Ellis decided to download an app on his phone that would automatically take a photo every 60 seconds. He set it up on his bookshelf to see what it might capture while he slept. It's just me, open mouth, farting. <laughs> <laughs> and the app company says, we are going to need you to discontinue use of this app. You're disturbing all A fart every 60 seconds? <laughs> The next morning, Ellis scrolled through the pics. For the first hundred or so, it was just him sleeping in his bed. Nothing remarkable. Then, suddenly, David was there. The disturbing photos showed David once again in the chair at the foot of the bed. In some, he appeared to be staring up at the ceiling. In others, he was collapsed on the chair in a lifeless heap. He got tired. <laughs> then, just as suddenly as he'd appeared, David was gone. That was until about 15 photos later, when David was back and standing right next to the bed where an unsuspecting Ellis lay sleeping. Oh, God. This is why you got to put powder on the ground like paranormal activity. Well, the salt didn't help. Well, Maybe powder would help. Ellis described how he felt while swiping through these photos. He tweeted, That's where my heart started to race. I didn't want to look at the rest of the photos, but I knew I had to. I swiped to the next photo, and my heart sank into my stomach. He was on the bed, inches from me, staring down at me sleeping. As if things couldn't get any creepier, the next photo showed David staring at the camera. It appeared he knew he was being recorded. 
Again, David disappeared after that photo, and Ellis thought maybe he had left. Then he got to the very last picture his phone had taken. David was now mere inches away from the camera, and all the camera showed was a close-up shot of the side of David's deformed head and stringy, dull hair. The rest of his face was out of shot. Ellis tweeted, I am at a loss for words. That malformed ear, that stringy hair, I didn't even know what to think. I looked all over my room, but I couldn't find anything. And honestly, I've been so exhausted, I, I didn't know how to process it. Even now, all I want to do is just go to sleep. So it's the side of his head and his ear, but not his face. Is he trying to make a phone call? As if he was trying to dial getting in, getting up to the camera and trying to pull the camera off the wall oh. or off the bookshelf. Oh. Like you were close to it. Like he was behind very, it trying to dig around, exactly. but he's a 1920s little British boy and he doesn't <laughs> yes. know how. He doesn't understand technology. Well, I can't get much the wires. Like the wires are disconnected. How do I know if a tweet's been responded to? Yes. What's a tweet? <laughs> Is that what a bird sounds like? <laughs> On December 20th, Ellis went home to Montana to visit his family for the holidays. He was hoping to have a break from the terror that was happening in his apartment. He even tweeted that he was looking for a new apartment back in New York. Well, there you go. He's moving. Finally. For the first few days in Montana, Ellis felt better than he had in a long time. Clear-headed. Refreshed. Unfortunately, it wouldn't last. On January 2nd, he tweeted, But after a few days, I started to feel strange again. One night, I got up to go to the bathroom, and as I stood in the dark, I couldn't help but feeling like there was something moving outside the bathroom window. The bathroom looks out onto the backyard, and it was pitch black. I could barely see anything, but it's Montana, and there are animals passing through all the time. Sure enough, in the morning, I found animal tracks through the snow. I don't know the specific animal. Deer? Elk? Neighbor guy jerking off in the window <laughs> looking at me? <laughs> Ellis posted a picture of the snowy tracks, which seemed like normal animal tracks. But when he went outside to get a better look, he discovered that they weren't animal tracks at all but tiny, child-sized footprints. It was then that Ellis's worst fears were realized. His house wasn't haunted. He was. And he urinated in front of a ghost boy, which puts you on a sex offender. He was already on that list from all the Googling of <laughs> little boy. boys that have... Little dead boys. Yes. Where do I get a little and he, boy doll? And he bought a boy doll. Mm -hmm. And a tiny shoe. I just need one. <laughs> Excuse me, they what are you going to... come in a pair. What are you going to do with this shoe? Throw the other one in the trash. I just, just need the one. I just need one shoe. I just need a boy shoe. Sinisterhood will be right back. Public Goods is the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper, shampoo, pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store, and it's thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful, streamlined aesthetic. The candles, mm -hmm. all of it, just like the nice, clean glass with just Listen, the black writing and the black top. I don't like washing dishes, but I mm -mm. do with the Public Goods dish stuff. Oh, yeah. It smells good. I'm huffing my dish soap. Yeah. Paris cooks, so I try to be nice and clean. That's I'm nice. Like, oh, I don't use do that. garbage soap. But then we got the Public Goods soap, and I was like, I'm, I'll do it. I'll do the dishes. I'm in. Mm -hmm. So it's made it's me great. a better spouse. <laughs> and they ethically <laughs> source Public and Goods is saving relationships. <laughs> saving my relationship because I actually will do the dishes now. <laughs> and uh, they're also great because they ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives. Still 
still comment on drugstore and grocery store shelves. They're committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. We have worked out an awesome deal. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They're so confident that you'll absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they're giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash creepy or use code creepy at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash creepy to receive $15 off your first order. Heather, you ready for this? Hold on. I am. Is everyone, what, what does this sound like to you? All right. What did that sound like? Sounds like refreshing deliciousness. Yes, refreshing deliciousness. That is a can of Olipop that I just opened for, uh, what is it What is it called when you, uh, porn for your ears? I don't know what that's ASMR? called. ASMR? Yeah, something like, is that porn yeah. for your ears? <laughs> I don't know, I guess so. It it could, now. Yeah, I guess it could be. Um, this is the cherry vanilla. I love the can. It's so, like, vintage and fun so and cute looking. Yes, if you had these out at, like, a pool party, everyone would comment on how cute your cans of soda are. And then if they're anything like our family, they'll be gone in two seconds. Mm-hmm. I got a case of Olipop. There's one single root beer left. And the and this I, is the I, last I found case. It. This is the last one I have. I had the to go scour in the fridge for this. It's and it's in it's hiding behind a jug of milk, and I was like, "Oh, that's why you're still there." It's because we you were hiding back there mm-hmm. because the whole case is gone. Sucked them down. Paris especially loves them. Tommy loves the Olipop. Tommy loves them. You know who else? Ella. We don't we don't really give we don't ever give her soda, but we let her try this because it's much healthier than soda. And there's good stuff. There's flavors like vintage cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, and classic grape. And it has prebiotics, plant fiber, botanicals. So it benefits your digestive health. Mm-hmm. You feel good about drinking it. Who could say they drink a soda and also get your daily dose of fiber? I'm going to take a sip of this cherry vanilla right now. Take a suck down. You can have some too. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on your order. We got to recommend the variety pack. You get a little bit of everything. This is a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. This tastes like cherry pie. So go to drinkolipop.com slash creepy or use code creepy at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash creepy. Olipop can also be found in over 8,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Target, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. Back in New York, Ellis started having nightmares again. On New Year's Day, he tweeted, Last night was particularly bad. I felt sick and had nightmares all night. Who has it on New Year's Eve, though? I dreamed that David was hovering in the corner by the ceiling, far off the ground. He was mouthing something, but I couldn't hear any words. Then he was hovering above my bed, staring down at me, his mouth moving faster than it should be. I I couldn't move. I could only look up at him. Suddenly, he plummeted downward, and I felt this huge pressure crash into my chest. I woke up gasping. The wind completely knocked out of me. I sat up, looked around frantically, heaving for air, but there there was nothing. Ellis had been using the photo app on his phone and immediately went to see what it had captured. Once again, nothing showed up until the very last photo. The terrifying picture showed David plummeting from the ceiling and directly towards Ellis. Do you think he threw the boy doll up or do you think he strung the boy doll up? 
I think it was a pulley system. I think it took a couple. I think it took a couple tries to get this one. I think it's like when you're taking bridesmaids are taking pictures and the <laughs> my face wasn't good in that one. No, they're like, all right, everybody, there's gonna be a jump action shot. Everybody jump, like on the office. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> then everyone jumps, jump. but they keep taking it once everyone's landed, and they're like, no, you got to jump again. You got to hit. Jump you got to take three. it when they're when they're about to jump. So then it jump clicks on three in the air. Yes. I think that's what happened. I think he was laying in bed and just kept throwing this doll up and snapping a pic. <laughs> and they're like, everyone's jumping except for Phyllis and Stanley. <laughs> Despite this horrifying incident, on January 16th, Ellis reported that he was actually feeling better and had been sleeping through the night. And while he wasn't having any more nightmares, he had been losing time periodically. Ellis said there would be times he would look at the clock, and even though it felt like a few minutes had passed, it was an hour later. He also reported hearing things that weren't there. Unfortunately, both of these can be early signs of demonic possession. In my experience, they're also signs of adult ADHD. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or just typical life. I hear shit that isn't there all the time. Or are we all possessed? Oh, isn't life just one big possession? Probably no. I was just like, oh, I was singing that song in my head and accidentally sang it out loud at work like an insane person. Which song? Today I was singing, uh, what's that band? The Plain White Tees, which isn't even a good band. Dear Delilah? No, uh, one, two, three, you can't can't. Somebody joked, I think Pete Holmes jokes about the Plain White Tees in his stand-up act. Oh. And it made me think of that song, I guess. I was listening to stand-up, yeah. To add to the concern, followers of Ellis's Instagram stories saw something that shook them to their core. Ellis had gone to brunch with a friend and posted some typical brunch time pics to his stories. Basic bitch. He didn't think anything of it until those following him started frantically commenting. One of the pictures was distorted, and it looked like David's face was superimposed over Ellis's. Ellis had no explanation for this and claimed that the picture had been totally normal when he originally posted it. Instagram and Twitter users now feared the worst. Ellis had been possessed by David. I've possessed a grown man and I'll take as many selfies as I want to. Oh, brunch. This is nice. I delightfully love pancakes with butter. It's not quite breakfast. It's not quite lunch. <laughs> right in the middle. Ellis responded by tweeting... I have no clue what happened. It, it looked perfectly fine on my phone when I uploaded it. I'd say it was just a glitch, but I can't make sense of what's happening with my face. Well, I mean, you know what? I feel like that every Second. time I see a yeah. selfie. Me too. M maybe I can. I know what it looks like, what it probably is, but I don't know if I care anymore. I just really want things to be normal again, and, and things feel normal enough right now. I don't know. I, I guess I'll keep you updated if something else happens. It had been a while since Ellis had mentioned his cat, but on January 28th, he posted another video of him behaving strangely. Once again, he was meowing at the front door. That wasn't the strange part, though. This video had been shot from an entirely different angle. It had been recorded from the view of the floor, and when Twitter users froze the last frame of the video, there was David's face, superimposed over the cat's. Had Ellis even posted this, or had David hacked into his account users feared they might no longer be dealing with ellis Wait. i think he's possessing the cat at this point oh you think he possessed no, the cat i think this whole story is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> well i was wondering if david possessed ellis why would the cat have the boy face on it there's a lot of holes in this story there's a lot of logistical issues i'm running into here 
that's my problem with anything I hear that's outrageous or outlandish. I want to know details. Like today I was talking with someone about the dad in Abducted in Plain Sight. And I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. But my God. My God. Go watch it. It is, I tell everyone, the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Every five minutes your mind gets blown again. And the thing that the dad does specifically in an automobile, I was just talking about the logistics of it. And I had so many questions. And sometimes mystical things aren't meant to be questioned <laughs> and that's what he's counting on a lot of questions was there you were the windows belief. up or down were the windows up or down was there music on the radio was this full pants down situation i think just a little whip windows out half down what do you talk about did anyone walk by what do you talk about on the mm-hmm. way back i also wondered, was there any necks nuzzling or i kissing? also wondered what was being said during it what's it and said do you think it's gonna rain on tuesday no i think it was normal hj talk Ugh. yeah do you think spoiler alert there's an hj involved what do you do with all the goo afterwards <laughs> see i have a lot of questions i i think there was a lot more to that story that they did not tell us i don't oh. think it was just oh. i don't think there was just hjs going on i can't think about that it's horrifying well on february 3rd 2018 this message was tweeted from ellis's account Everything is fine. This tweet did not sound like Ellis's usual style. Everything was in lowercase. There was no punctuation, and there was an extra space between the word is and fine. Was this really Ellis? Was everything really fine? A few days later, Ellis tweeted again. But this time, it wasn't about Dear David. It seemed to be personal. He said, Some of you already know this, but I thought I should make a short update on Twitter about it. A little over a month ago, I made the difficult decision to leave my full-time job after four years with the company. A few weeks earlier, he announced he had announced on Instagram that he was leaving BuzzFeed, and now it looked like he was letting Twitter know. He tweeted, It wasn't an easy choice, but it just became too difficult to focus on everything, and I decided it was time to turn my attention toward personal projects. I'm nervous about what the future holds, but I feel good. I know big things are coming. Followers were confused. Was this part of the David saga? Was Ellis being sincere? Some notice that just like the Everything is Fine tweet, the last tweet in this thread had an odd extra space between the words feel and good. Perhaps this wasn't a coincidence. On Valentine's Day, the mystery continued when a tweet from Ellis's account read, Please don't worry about me. I'm okay and everything will be like it was before. Smiley face. Again, This one was all lowercase. It also included a smiley face emoticon, which users pointed out Ellis had never used in any of his previous tweets. The evidence that this was no longer Ellis tweeting, but David, was growing. And then, everything just stopped. On March 12th, Ellis tweeted that he was alive and well, and things had been quiet. His Twitter feed also returned to normal, featuring his comics and pictures and posts unrelated to Dear David. Users were left bewildered and hungry for answers. Why had everything suddenly come to a screeching halt? I think I might know. On June 6, 2018, The Wrap broke the news and Ellis confirmed on Twitter that a Dear David movie was in the works. Despite this, Ellis maintained that what he had been experiencing was absolutely real. But because his story had now been optioned for a movie deal, he wasn't able to post about it anymore. And just like that, 
Dear David came to an end, and Ellis deleted the entire thread from his Twitter. This is like when Kramer sold his stories to Jay Peterman. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to tell the pants story anymore. No. I fell in the mud, ruining the very pants I was meant to return. Oh, such a good episode. But he definitely, I think, what happened in March was that he was approached or oh, his representation sure. approached because it's being produced by BuzzFeed Studios and the producer of It. There was probably early talks. And New Line Cinemas and New Line Yeah, there were early talks of development. And probably part of that agreement was don't talk about it. And then he had to scrub it because that all belongs. Once yeah. you option it, that all belongs. And he also had to kind of try to wrap it up, too. Yeah. So now he's just tweeting Oh, everything's fine. Nothing's going on. It's yeah. all quiet around here. Please look away. Many skeptics and critics have come out since Ellis first started tweeting about Dear David. He had began tweeting about his supposed haunting in 2017, conveniently a little less than a year before his new book was to be released. A few months before the Dear David incident, Ellis had drawn a series of comics for BuzzFeed called Alternative Disney. One of these involved Chip from Beauty and the Beast coming to life and having a dent in his head where the cup version of Chip was chipped. Was this early inspiration for David? It doesn't look totally like it because it is an altered Disney, so it's Disney-esque, mm-hmm. but the lump out of the, or the dent in the head is And quite same similar. concept. And as that seed. Bad Comics Wiki points out, he's a big fan of copying and pasting things. Mm-hmm. Three days before the Dear David incident was tweeted, Ellis tweeted an exasperated gif of Joseph Gordon-Levitt with the caption, When I'm early to retweet something and then the next day it's gone super viral. Was this foreshadowing for what was to come? Ellis had also been criticized in his comic work for repeatedly using classic tropes, which is exactly what Dear David is. The classic ghost story of a normal, everyday person suddenly having something unexplained and terrifying happen in their life. And of course, what is more terrifying than a creepy kid? So is Ellis really being haunted by a demonic child, or was it an elaborate hoax created by a talented storyteller in the hopes of being picked up for something bigger and better? Which is exactly what happened. I think. Mm. I mean, here's my theory. Oh, Christ. What if he made it all up? He made it up because he worked for BuzzFeed and he knew he had to get famous and he had to come up with a viral story. Look at the Joseph Gordon-Levitt gif. He wanted to be viral. He wanted to be famous. And in so doing, he truly conjured the spirit of a demon, which then took form of the very boy that he had drawn. And, and the pan- very pants I was to return. I was to return. So I, what, I, think now, this, I think you might be on something for the screenplay. Though. Also, by the way, if you write the screenplay and you use the idea I just came up with, I will sue your ass because I just made that up. Mm-hmm. So I think what's going to be is this writer and the whole movie they're going to tease you and be like is it is it not is it real is it not and then at the end as soon as you think oh it's a cpr dummy he made it all up he's going to like look in the mirror and the boy's going to be behind him and you're like and then you'll have a sequel classic mirror shot Mm -hmm. so i think that's what's going to happen and i don't know if that's what really happened but i think that would be a good ending to a movie i think that would be a good ending too i think that you're onto something with how they're going to adapt this. I think he definitely made this up. I don't think there's anything true about this. I do think it's a very well-told story that captivated people and is fun to follow along to. It's like no sleep on Reddit, which oh, is yeah. the copy pasta subreddit. Yeah. But you all agree to suspend disbelief. And even though you know it's fake or you might think it's fake, 
you can't call it out that it's fake. Well, Everyone it's operates fun... under the assumption that this is really happening. Otherwise, you spoil it for everybody. It's yeah. Like an improv it's scene. It's not fun. Don't be an asshole. So we both agree it's a good story, but not a true story. I think the, the most haunting thing is his ownership of this boy doll and what he does with it when he's not using it. In his it. off time. In his off time when mm-hmm. he stores it in the closet and he forgets it's there and he opens it up and there's a boy doll falls out. I That's also, terrifying. I think that like with his comics coming out and they're not the best, but they're the most widely received that turn tends to piss people off. And like this story is not the best story, but it was viral and now it's garnered him this movie deal and whatever else he's gonna come along with that. So I Which think Which is what everyone in this industry exactly. is striving for. Well it's everybody on Twitter wants this. Don't act everybody like everybody wants to go viral everybody... on Twitter and get famous and have something bigger come of it this is the best case scenario for every tweet that every person makes and anybody that says any different is a fucking liar yeah otherwise why do you make the tweet you're just a hater yeah so i think that's what it is but i really think what if it really does haunt him he conjured something without knowing i think that's gonna be the movie if it's not again we will sue your ass (laughs) just bring us into the project we're we would love to come into this project very good idea please 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 well, we're taking a, a week off of the show, but we got some live shows we wanted to plug for you all, including super fun. this weekend, Friday, January 14th, 9 p.m., Dallas Comedy Club. We're playing in Hot Dish, mm-hmm. me, Christy, and a mix-em-up of some of our favorite comics. And then on January 28th at 8 p.m., Dallas Comedy Club, we're going to be doing The Cult, which has Tommy, Jade Smith, Nick Scott, and Raymond Fisher, as well as Christy and myself. And then you get a Cult Hot Dish double feature on February 25th, 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. at Dallas Comedy Club. We're going to do The Cult first, Hot Dish second. Go to SinisterHood.com slash live shows for all the ticket links. It's going to be so much fun. Super excited for that. We love providing Sinister Hood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for ruling the airwaves and getting into it tiers, special shout-out on the show, monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including our new Wedit drama se- segment that we're going to have coming for this week, as well as Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, and so much more. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time, discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. When I hop on there, everyone's just having a good time. Everybody's oh, yeah. so supportive. It's, it's a, a happy party. There's so many memes going on. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's it's a hip, fun place to be. And we also host monthly Q&As with Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. Our next one is going to be January 19th at 8 p.m. Central Time. Come hang out with us. For our patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-ups to hear your shout-outs and our thank-you corner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want some cool swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, 
all with some of the most amazing, best artwork by some brilliant independent artists that we commissioned to make gorgeous stuff. I was just looking at our merch the other day, and we just know some talented folks. Oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just, we're lucky. Go to SinisterHood.com and click on Shop in the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell the friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace, where uh, you will see one of the few pictures I post tomorrow because it is Simon's one-year-old birthday. He's one. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. And then I'm on Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? Uh, I will be on Instagram at Heather versus the world. I mean, I already am, but I'll, <laughs> I will always, I'll also will be there. And on Twitter at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Laura Robinette. T. Fiant. Laura Stanley. Kristen Newton. Ren Beach. Stephanie Larson. Sarah Pike. Karen Beck. Chris Forney. Maggie White. Heather Quinn. Robin Verdon. Adriana Germain Protzman. Colleen Dwyer. Mandy Casiris. Jana Mizakawa. Suzanne Reese. Sarah. Jeremy, Allison Tracy Taylor, Kate Sullivan, Bridget Rizzo, Morgan Chandler, Whitney, Alexandria Husted, Fiercely Private, Holly Troyer, Cora, Madeline Tautjes, Allison Cattle, Megan Long, Alicia, Bria Perk, Megan Fork, Kim M. Hawkinson, Autumn A., Christina Bocci, Hannah, Liz Murphy, Courtney Anderson, Kelsey Williamson, Nikki, Caleb Green, Allison Hart, Elizabeth Wilson, Wallace Lorian, Barbie Harden, Kara Freewind, Amanda Marr, Jen Hill, KJ. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We sincerely appreciate it. We hope we pronounced your names correctly. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> I just want to say thank you in our thank you corner segment to everyone that well wished Simon and myself uh, to get better. You know, as careful as we are, somehow COVID got our house. The house, mm-hmm. the Wallace Brown house was struck, but we are struck. all we are all feeling much better now. So thank you to everybody that um, reached out to see how we were doing, especially for Simon. That's so sweet. We did. We got, uh, after we posted the grazing board episode, thanks to everybody, tons of comments on every forum that we post, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the Patreon group of, we're praying for little Simon, well wishes, healing vibes, and the vibes came through, They came y'all. through. You guys did it. You guys did it. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, thank you, Heather. <laughs> thank you, Christy, <laughs> for being here today, despite fighting a disease that's, I mean, it's gone now, but a virus... That's kicked the shit out of a lot of people. I'm I'm better now. I would also, um, well, maybe I'll save this thank you for the next episode we do. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll thank you right now okay. for my birthday presents. Okay. And I'm going to go into detail about what those presents were on the next episode we record. Deal. Deal. Okay. All right. Well, I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love all you guys, too. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.
Sinister